0: Welcome to our series, Alumni Conversations, where we sit down with alumni from our executive education programs to hear how their experience has had an impact. Today, Lori Spadaro, director of the Master of Business Operational Excellence Program, sits down with five alumni of our MBOE program who all work at J.P. Morgan Chase. Listen to how the program has had an impact in their various roles within the same company. This conversation was recorded during a live event and includes a few questions from participating audience members.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Lori Spadaro, and I'm the director of the MBOE program, and I'm also a 2016 graduate of the program, and today we have a group of special guests from J.P. Morgan Chase, and I'll let each of them introduce themselves separately, starting with Erin.
0: Thank you, Lori. I'm Erin Daly. I've been at Chase for 10 years. I'm a vice president of customer experience in the Consumer and Community Bank, and I will turn it over to Rod.
2: Hi, I'm Rod Cologne. Uh, I graduated the program in 2017. I've been with Chase for about nine years now. Uh, I'm a vice president in uh, consumer and community banking operations.
3: Hey there, good morning everybody. My name is Victoria Mullins. Um, I am a vice president with the Process Engineering Center of Excellence. I'm a performance improvement manager for our team. Uh, we are more or less a group of internal consultants looking to help businesses improve their processes and gain efficiencies. I've been with Chase for about nine years also.
1: Nice, and Christine.
4: Hi, I'm Christine Bueller. I'm also a part of the Process Engineering Center of Excellence as a Performance Improvement Consultant, um, which is on the same team as Victoria, and I have been with the firm about six years.
1: Great, well, thank you so much for all of you being here today. This is very helpful. So my first question, before you started MBOE, what experience did you have in Lean and Operational Excellence? So maybe Victoria and Christine, since you work in those departments, you, you might want to start with those that answering those questions or that question. Um, okay, I'll,
3: I'll give that a start. So um, I actually joined the Process Engineering Center of Excellence with no process improvement experience at all, nothing formal anyway. So I had some natural inclinations, and it was, um, I think, a little bit... Nerve-wracking coming into a team of very qualified consultants with a lot of formal training. You know, a lot of people had green belts and black belts, and I was I was just kind of dipping my toe in the water and learning the lingo. Um, so I didn't have that much background, but you know, I think the natural inclination component that I discovered from my previous roles fit in very nicely with what the team was doing, and it helped me kind of piece it together in a more structured way. Thank you. Christine,
4: mine was pretty similar as well. I didn't have any formal lean training, um, but I always had kind of a natural inclination or affinity to process improvement. I had had other roles in process improvement, project management, and I was a supply chain management major too. So always kind of interested in lean, and then really wanted to join this team to expand upon you know that lean skill set and operational excellence principles that we use.
1: Nice.
0: Okay, Erin or Rod? Sure. So I had no formal training um, in uh, process improvement, although I was focused on it for the majority of my career. I used to be um, a consultant for a management consulting firm, so had a lot of experience over the years. Um, But one of the things that drew me to this program was that kind of more formal um, training and rigor uh, around process improvement.
2: Yeah, uh, nice. like everyone else um, has mentioned, I, I have I did not have any formal training uh, on lean or Six Sigma, um, but I, you know, a majority of my career has been in operations, and so a lot of uh, root cause analysis, action plans, defect reduction, uh, those types of efforts. Uh, you know, I did have uh, some experience there, but uh, you know, the program definitely drove home a more structured approach to tackling uh, problem solving. And so, but no, no no, like formal training upfront.
1: Yeah, that's really good to know. I, I did not either, I knew nothing. So, so um, you know, just proves that you can come into the program not having that background and still move forward and gain all this education. So Linda, so now that you're joined us, can you just um, tell us who you are and tell us your title? Sure, Uh,
5: so Linda Martinez, I'm an executive director. I work in our consumer and community banking operations. Um, And so I just actually changed roles. I was running complaints management and oversight. Um, Now I'm actually running business control support for our collections, recovery, litigation, and auto operations businesses. Um, And I've been with the bank for 13 years.
1: Thank you. So I just asked the rest of the group this question, so I'll ask you as well. So before you started an MBE program, what experience did you have in um, lean or operational excellence, if any?
5: Not nothing formal, but I was when I learned about that program, I got so excited because honestly, it was the tipping factor for me to actually go get my master's. I had kind of been on the edge uh, about it, and to know that there was something really kind of formal and official around that, like I had been very successful in my career, just kind of going in and fixing things and making them better with no formal training, you know, maybe my brain works like that a little bit. So really not, not anything official. And so when I heard about this program, I was so excited that there was, you know, some more tools and and things, you know, to help me on my journey.
1: Great. So can you guys explain, well, I guess, Linda, you probably did, but why you, why you wanted to do the MBOE program? Like what was the deciding factor? And also if you could just share what year you graduated from the program as well?
2: Rod? Okay. Sorry, I thought that was Linda. Uh, yes, I graduated from the program in 2017. Uh, reason why I wanted to do it. One, I didn't have my master's and I was looking to get my master's. Uh, I was currently in operations at the time. And, um, you know, it just made sense, uh, you know, similar to the rest of the team here and and, and what Linda mentioned is, uh, you know, I've always been kind of a problem solver. I've been doing process improvements just, you know, just, you know, out of necessity. And so uh, the opportunity to get more formalized training, to understand like really like practical methods to do root cause analysis and uh, variability reduction, uh, you know, it it got me excited. And uh, I was very happy to, uh, to, to move forward on, on that prep. And
5: I do think you, and just to add a little bit uh, to my piece, you know, I had already kind of reached uh, you know like a senior more of an executive level of leadership, and so I had really been going back and forth on you know wanting to have the personal accomplishment and and wanting to have the advanced degree um you know balancing the experience and the time and and was it you know was it something that I wanted to do, and I was kind of on the fence until this program came about and because it was something that I'm so passionate about that gets me so excited. Um, and that, you know, and the fact of the time frame of a of, of very rough, but, you know, getting it done in a year, I think for me, those were the things to really just push me over the edge and say, you know what, like, I, as soon as I found out about, it, like, I've got to do this and I'm just going to get it done. And so, and I graduated in 2018. So uh, it's actually the year after,
2: after Rob. I agree. The accelerated definitely was a, a selling point as well.
1: Yeah. I always tell people, you know, my, my mantra was you can do I can do anything for a year. Like I can, I can do this for a year, you know, I can get through it. Um, Erin. Yeah, I graduated
0: uh, with Linda in 2018. Um, one of the things that I really loved about the program, other than being able to be a graduate of the Ohio state university, uh, was that it was a part of my job. So it was a part of my job at chase. Um, so I got to take kind of what I learned in the program, apply it to work. And then also while I was at work, still be working on my, my program, um, with MBOE. So that was definitely a big uh, selling factor for me.
3: Victoria. Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, not, not having that, that lean training, that formal training, when I came into a group that, you know, executes, lean improvement efforts you know i did feel at a disadvantage there um you know as i was trying to learn about uh, lean process improvement from other people on the team around me i was getting a lot of different perspectives on um, you know you have to do it this way and no it's only done this way and terms were being defined in multiple different ways and it was just it was really confusing for me um, and i think being somebody who's very developmentally um, I guess I have a developmental mindset. I like to be able to not improve not just the the processes around me, but the people that I'm working with too. Really hard to do that without that formal education and the background in it. So um, it just made sense for me to pursue this. Definitely the one year factor was um, a huge advantage, but also I had a lot of support from my internal leadership team. Um, They knew that this would be beneficial for me. They were looking for me to um, start developing other people. And so it just, it was the, it was the, right step for me um of course chase has got a great partnership with the university um, and it was it was just seamless it was seamless and um similar to what aaron said everything that i was learning in the program i was applying it immediately to the job as i was doing it and so i got to see those those gains and the results throughout the course of the year so for me it was just it was a no-brainer
1: well it's So, and you graduated last year, so 2019, 2019. and you also traveled. So unlike, you know, most people, you came from Florida for our sessions, you know, all eight sessions. So uh, I think the rest of the people in the group are here local, if I'm correct. Um, Yeah. Delaware. Oh, Delaware. Oh, wow. Yeah. Delaware, the (laughs) state. I did find
2: out that there is, there's a a, a Delaware in Ohio. uh, And so- (laughs) That was that was interesting when i when i got there they're like hey where are you from i'm from delaware oh, yeah. uh, but no the state <laughs> so state yes I, i'm on i'm on the east coast here in wilmington delaware
1: so it does so the program makes it convenient too for for all of you i mean to have to travel out of state still with the time between and four day sessions but okay christine
4: hi yeah um i graduated last year as well with victoria we were in the same cohort And for me, I think a lot of the reasons everybody else has mentioned, um, I I always wanted to pursue a higher degree Um, and an MBA kind of interested me, but this specifically really caught my attention because I loved how specialized it was. Um, I don't, I haven't heard of a lot of other programs like this specifically around operational excellence and lean. So um, I was interested right away when I found out about it. Um, obviously, the year timeline is great, and getting that support from Chase leadership and work to pursue that while working full time—it um, all, like Victoria and everybody else has said, really kind of just fell together and was a great opportunity to to do that.
1: Uh, well, thank you, and I should say that Chase is, has a great partnership with Ohio State and for all of you to be in this program, you have to go through a lot on your end first before you ever apply. So it's it's a big process too. It's not just, oh, I want to do it and I'm in. That's not how it works for Chase. But um, anyway, we appreciate you coming to the program. So we talk about how you lead. So what you learned in MBOE, how has that affected how you lead your te- teams and how you get how you adapt to change? Whoever, um, I think- Whoever- I-
5: um, I think definitely it causes you to really kind of make think you know think about what are we trying to accomplish I think some of like the A3 methodology you know value stream mapping kind of some of those things to really think about like what's the end goal like how do we keep ourselves accountable how are we, we measuring to get there and I would say even now so like what's really interesting is we are in the process of what I would call transforming you know to more agile environment and so I think the timing of us going through this program, really kind of you know gives us a a step ahead of kind of you know very similar things that we did going through this program as we're trying to make this transformation as a firm um and so really just giving you i think the right tools to to take action and you know get results
2: yeah i i I think um for me how the program has you know modified my leadership it's really you know there are times where you you make a a, an assumption of like what what the problem is and then you just you plug that problem very quickly and then you're really not getting to the root cause and Mm -hmm. so the program really focused on you know asking why a lot right at at least at least five times right and Mm -hmm. and really pulling back the peeling back the you know the onion of all the different layers of what are what are the really uh the real reasons that are that are driving the issue that you're trying to solve and not only like it's also understanding the issue that you're trying to solve. And I think that, that very, very strategic and targeted problem solving methodology and bringing that to the team and teaching them about like, you know, it's not just, it's not just this top problem, but there's so many underlying problems and teaching them about, you know, the problem solving uh, is definitely something that, that I've been pushing out since, since going through the program.
0: I would definitely agree and being confident in um, influencing. So as, a, as leaders, um, as problem solvers, I think there's a natural tendency to wanna jump into solution. And um, one of the biggest things about the program is that repeatable framework um, so that you're constantly reinforcing uh, the message to stop, figure out what the problem is, do your analysis, um, before just jumping to conclusions that you know how to solve the problem
4: right. I'll, I'll yeah, back
3: would... Oh go ahead <laughs> sorry I'll piggyback off of what Aaron said you know from a from the structured problem solving methodology, right it's not it's not this uh, rigid approach where you must. A, you know, use these certain documents and these certain tools every single time to do the same thing over and over again. But it provides that framework um, so that you know, if you can understand the objective, you can be flexible in how you go about solving the problem, making sure that it's defined and you've measured it, and all of these things. Um, the flexibility piece, I think, for me was key. Um, it was it was great to learn that in the program because I didn't get the sense that. You know what i would ask my my internal team prior to the program how do you do this i got a lot of very purist kind of answers you must do it this way and you must use this document and all of these things the program really doesn't support that it supports the flexibility and it's more about how you think about the problem and um i think that flexibility and thought process that i gained from the program has made me a better leader in addition to um, you know thinking about how you lead a team, developing the the information about how you be, can become a better leader by understanding how your teams respond to different leadership styles, and then recognizing that that is actually in that that ball is in your court to flex how you lead so that people better receive it. So I think that just overall, it's not just about the problem solving, but also the people leadership that the programs really helped me with
4: team? Um, one of the things I loved about the program was the strong focus on leadership and teamwork. So yes, you learn a ton about the technical side, the tools, the structure and methodology, but there was also a strong focus on like the mindset, the leading with humility, reflection. Um, and I think that focus on leadership combined with the tools and techniques, you know, really is everything you need for operational excellence.
1: Right. It's really, I think that for fourth MBOE, like you said, leading with humility, we do, we do a whole, you know, whole day on humble inquiry, you know, and, and how do you ask the right questions and how do you motivate people to, to follow you or to understand that change is good, you know, and, and how it will benefit their lives, but you have to ask the questions in the right way, you know, you can't demand things. And so that is a big part of the, the leadership that you learn in, in the program. So as we know, 2020 has been quite the year, right? Nothing like we've ever experienced before. And so I just kind of, I'm, I'm interested to learn how what you learned in MBOE has enabled you to pivot and adjust during this pandemic. So you're all doing different things. How have you helped your team? How have you helped yourselves? Like what what really helped you move through the last six months? Rod?
2: Yeah. So. Um- that my my role is probably you know probably pretty unique to to the situation. So um, normally we would be focused on monitoring operations performance and looking at ways to you know reduce variability across operations. When the pandemic hit, we completely shifted. Like our our role now was to get as many um, of our frontline individuals up and running at home, and so. We had to stand up a number of processes to actually like ship computers to people's houses, and so um, I think the program uh, you know, helped me uh, from just developing you know, process maps, right, and just like trying to very quickly, very quickly, like get a, a large number of people—we're talking thousands of people that are were in the office, brick and mortar to at home and and you know supply chain and getting that out to their to their front door. So that was definitely uh, very helpful for, for us um, in a in a very short time frame, in a three month period where we're we're shipping you know, computers and desktops and Wi-Fi, you know, all out the door and and understanding how to get that done in the most efficient way possible. Um, the program you know, definitely had had a had a, had an influence on on the leadership that I was providing in, in those conversations.
1: Great, Christine.
4: Um, I think our team literally did a Kaizen event or you know rapid improvement event around how do we quickly get people up and running virtually and support our clients virtually, and we almost made like a problem solving around around this pandemic. So using the tools right away to solve these problems that we were encountering was how we've kind of been leaders throughout this in our organization.
1: Nice, Victoria.
3: Yeah, um, I think Christine and I are probably gonna have some similar responses here since we're on the same team. Um, I would say that was, you know, again, the flexibility in um, thinking through the uh, objectives of what it is that you're trying to do, you know, if if our team is meeting every day or used to meeting every day in person to review our key metrics um, and have these problem solving discussions as a team and then all of a sudden we're, we're booted from the office and trying to adjust to that, um, how do we quickly get this information in a virtual format so that it doesn't stop, you know, because you have to keep looking, Um, and understanding the the performance of your your process. You have to understand how the people are doing, how are they feeling, and you have to keep that problem solving going forward. It doesn't stop just because you're no longer in a brick and mortar, right? Um, So I think that the MBOE program really uh, enabled us to be flexible and to pivot very quickly so that we could get ourselves in good shape and then turn our attention back to our internal clients who we support to help them also do the same.
1: Linda.
5: Yeah, I think really echoing some of the same things. I think we had to be very agile, we had to pivot quickly, and frankly not a lot of room for error or things to be redone, right? And so I think just really kind of back to some of the principles of not jumping to conclusions, but also understanding the problem and making sure what we were going to do was the right solution. Because like to Rod's point, you're deploying thousands of equipment and it doesn't work. We've got customers and employees on the other end of that, right? And so I think just, you know, the tools kept us very grounded and being able to do that um, effectively and quickly.
0: Great, Erin. Yeah, just to add a couple of things. One, knowing the right things to measure for success, uh, you know, as a part of the program framework, there's there's a lot of things that we measure, right? Um, but with everything happening this year, just really honing in on those, key metrics and the key things that we need to know about our teams to make sure that we're making progress and productive. Um, And I would say um, the creativity piece. So thinking through, you know, if we had something that was, we always had to do it in person, right? Well, now we can't do it in person. So what are those creative solutions? And how can we problem solve to come up with uh, a new virtual approach, a new um, email? Based approach using the Zoom and um, different technology that we had to get in touch with people and see people's faces and and really engage. Um, So just that that level of creativity and and problem solving was super
4: helpful.
1: Yeah, and we even I mean even for my position, you know, for our team, you all of a sudden we're working at home. We're like, okay, And, and with OSU, there was so much that was unknown. We had no idea what was happening. You know, when are we allowed to come back to campus? How do we plan? You know, let's do some FMEA like we need plan A, B, C, D, you know, and and just um, I think it was very difficult for us. I mean, we we did it, obviously, but you couldn't make a plan at all. And for people that are organized and like to plan ahead, it was very difficult because everything changed every day like oh, we're gonna do this today or okay, we're gonna be on campus. Oh, nope, we're not gonna be on campus. Sorry, we're still in a state of emergency and it was just really difficult. we had students coming back for the next session and okay, we're doing it all virtual, guess what? Everybody's moving to Zoom. We've never taught via Zoom, we're doing it now. And so it's just every day we were pivoting, adjusting, every week was different. And so, but if we didn't, you know, if I hadn't learned what we learned at MBE, it would be even more difficult it's still stressful and still you know you're trying to get everybody on board and what software do you use and and things like that but obviously we've we've done a pretty good job uh pivoting and um understand that we can do our jobs from home you know it's nice to be with people too but it, it can be done so i think we were all forced to figure that out which you know is okay too because then we can be more flexible right so that's that's another thing so If you would, would you summarize just your capstone? So what your capstone was and how it affected your organization or what ROI it brought back to JPMorgan Chase? So Erin. Sure. Um,
0: So my capstone was uh, not traditional. Um, It was really around helping our employees um, understand how they connect to the customer. Um, and identify um, customer experience improvements. And, and we wanted to go from um, just an overall increase in engagement, awareness, and getting our employees really highly involved in our continuous improvement process. Um, so that was kind of the overall capstone is how do we get our, our employees to be more customer obsessed using this continuous improvement Um, framework to do so and as a part of the capstone really looked at kind of what were the barriers um, to participation what were the barriers to people really um, connecting to the customer and understanding and um, for us we had great results we had uh, increased participation we had more ideas submitted and generated um, which resulted in um, a higher number of customer experience improvements of course benefits the business because we have happy customers so um it was a great experience great capstone project um i think it generated a level of awareness that even kind of has carried over into the next um, couple of years
1: great linda um so
5: that was two jobs ago. I w- at the time I was running um, actually uh, executive office teams for home lending and auto finance. So we actually worked escalated complaints, uh, kind of ha- highest escalation point in the bank for those businesses. And so we did um, actually reduced our costs per complaint. Um, and I think it was about a million dollar savings per year that we were able to do through that as far as kind of some gaining some efficiencies on processing time, what we sent letters on, what needed to go in and in that information Um, And then, you know, clearly, I mean, the financial side is always good. But then on the leadership side of things, which, you know, I'm probably even more proud of was just the transformation of the team on the journey. And we got huddle boards going and daily huddles. And, you know, they were, they were kind of unsure in the beginning, but they got them going. And it was just You know, it was the greatest thing because I would walk out on the floor at 10am and everybody would be huddled and they would have conversations and it just brought the team dynamic and also kind of the collaboration and the help of Things that maybe someone didn't want to bring up in a staff meeting, but you know, or wouldn't commonly bring it up and they mention it and someone's like, Oh, I've had that problem or let me help you with this and also helping the team to build their leadership and present and learn kind of other skills and how to go solve things. Um, And so that was Um you know, pretty amazing. I know the last time I was over there, which was probably early in the year, um, pre-COVID, and we're talking now two years out. They're still doing those huddles, and so it just uh, makes my heart happy every time I see it because I think it's such a
1: valuable tool. That's one of the great things about MBOE is you know you go back after each session and you go and you 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 teach the people on your team what you've learned. And so what you're hoping for is a whole transformation with the team members and then perhaps those team members are sharing with their colleagues and it just kind of spread across the organization. Um, Christine.
4: Yeah, sure. So my capstone was in the disputes organization. So thinking about when you call in and have a credit card dispute or write in. Um, And on the back end of that process was what we identified a pretty Lengthy and cumbersome approvals process. So we went in to try to streamline that process look at if the approvals were value add or non value add or changing the outcome um, of our disputes. Streamlined and overhauled that process and in terms of ROI ended up saving about $8 million for the company. So it was a really exciting. And then I think having that success story has you know inspired others in the organization to look at some of their similar processes and spin off into other projects where we're kind of looking at end-to-end touches and what of those touches are value add versus non-value add. Great. Um, Victoria. Hey there everybody. Um,
3: so my capstone was was uh, started off anyway, we'll say that started off around um, kind of creating more problem solvers in the business. So being an internal consulting team, the various businesses within CCB would submit requests into our team um, asking for our help in their improvement efforts. And what kind of with the evolution of our team, we started focusing on more kind of strategic um, big dollar initiatives, and we were resourcing our consultants to those things. so we had this backlog of uh, requests that we did not have capacity to work and did not know if that's something that we were gonna be focusing on. So uh, we didn't want those things just sitting out there. So the goal was, is how can we teach people in the business how to tackle these things themselves, right? So that's how, that's how it started. I had several different um, pilot runs over the course of the MBOE program. Um, Lots of different people I worked with um, had really great success with one particular group. They were able to eliminate um, 89% of their overtime in a year. Uh, So that was, that was just fantastic. Um, You know, COVID coming in nowadays, I've kind of been slowing down as as the businesses have been shifting to more like resiliency type efforts um, we are starting to pivot back but the interesting thing was is over the course of the year in the mboe pro- program as as we're continually looking at our problem statement and thinking about um why does this matter why does this need to be solved and then you get down towards the end of it maybe 10 months in like I was when you find out that it kind of grew grew an appendage and now you've got this other problem that needs to be solved too. And for me, that was, it's not just um, how can we teach our our clients to, to solve and creating that framework so that they can solve their own problems. But um, then the other side is just like, well, it can't be just me, right? I can't be an army of one teaching everybody Uh, How do we make sure that our consultants internally have the skill sets to teach and to coach clients? What does that look like? How do we get them upskilled? Because those are completely different skill sets than actually going out and solving the problem yourself, which is what we're used to doing. Um, So, you know, being, being internal consultants, our natural inclination is to go solve the problem. But when you're teaching people solving their problem is not your problem, Um, you know, your problem is how are you going to help this person solve their own problem? Um, And it it takes a lot of different approaches and looks like, uh, it can look like a lot of different things depending on the background of that individual uh, where they are on their problem-solving journey. Um, So right now what I'm doing is I'm working with another resource on our team to try to put together uh, a framework for how we can identify who should be upskilled, who's who should be targeted from a consultant perspective so that they can become better teachers and better coaches, not just to our clients, but also to the other people on our team. We can't forget about ourselves and the desire and the need to continually get better at how we're working with clients and supporting each other. So uh, mine is very heavy on the education components and it's ongoing.
1: That's great. Rod.
2: Yes, so similar to uh, Linda, um, when I was in the program, that was uh, one job ago. And at the time, I was in uh, marketing operations, uh, specifically um, uh, leading a team of uh, SaaS programmers in our audience targeting department. And so this was the team that would identify who were are going to be emailing, who were are going to be uh, mailing direct mail for all of our you know, credit card marketing or statements that, you know, from a, from a portfolio standpoint. And so there's always an opportunity in that space to figure out, you know, how can we become more efficient? How can we do more? And so what we did is, you know, we had a, my capstone was um, a, a targeted, um, how, how can we increase our capacity to do more? Right. And through, we did a, a couple of 5s activities and what we identified was that there are these um, you know, virtual drives that they use. Um, and when those get um, overcapacitized, they can't, they can't run and they can't process their jobs, right? And so it increases a significant amount of time uh, for a, a number of the programmers to go research and figure out how do we decrease the capacity, right? And so uh, from there, what we did is we, um, we set up a, a leadership team to, um, to review uh what, what was root cause of, of driving that, the, the capacity issues? They decided that um, there were some triggers and alerts that could be created on the drives. And I would say on a monthly basis, we were, we were having about you know, 100 to 200 defects a month. And within a month of implementing this team, we're basically at zero uh it turned into i think it was around a 300,000 annualized savings uh just from the time spent in in, in the DFREC resolution um uh, but also gave them capacity back to do more work and so um i think uh to 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 victoria's point before it's i have zero programming background whatsoever i'm not a coder i really i just I, I i'm a i'm an operations manager so really going in and teaching the team to um to solve their own problem was my challenge right and 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 it worked out great and and the team is is still still doing it and and um and i think we set up a, a really good platform for them to just meet and you know well now in 2020 you know not not physical huddles the virtual huddles but the but what we did there it was was impactful
5: and I think too if I can add just you know if it wasn't clear and I think the the unique thing you know for us and I think the value for all of us as well to be able to kind of take these tools and use these tools but also like the capstone project actually being like real work that we had to do right so like I was leading this complaints team and this was something that we need that we needed to take a look at and these MBOE tools gave us the tools to actually be able to do that like in a real environment so these projects were very integrated with our day-to-day jobs you know, not kind of something that was just separate, you know, in the educational aspect.
1: Right, and, from, and, and that's great. And the, I think from what all of you have said, you know, this is continuous and some of you, you know, are no longer working in those departments anymore, but you've taught, you know, your colleagues to continue on and do the huddles and have the visual management and and just, you know, keep going because as we know, you can make changes, but those changes, you know, you have to keep continually improving those. So once you're done with the project, doesn't mean that it's done, right? So you have to keep looking at it so all right next question what is one specific or foundational concept that you learned while you were in mboe who wants to go first um
5: i just i have a love for a3s like i am obsessed with them and they've been a great way like for us to pull in kind of projects and initiatives into like mbrs and things so that we don't get like drugged down in deck pages but really to kind of just Pull out the so what of what we're doing, why, and like keeping ourselves accountable. But it's definitely one of my go-to tools. Okay, Can else? Uh, I
2: would I would say in my current role, um, we're very focused on um, identifying and reducing like you know, variability, uh, process variability, individual variability, uh, performance variability, and so like from a program standpoint uh you know in order to effectively like make change you have like the process has to be uh, consistent right because then if you don't know uh, when you implement the change whether the change is uh, an impact of the change itself or is it just you know inherent variability within the process and so that really like like hit home with me and so in my current role like we're 100 percent focused on just seeing the performance of the team and looking at well how can you know why why is there such a large gap if people are doing the same thing right and we're we're very very focused on uh, identifying outliers and, and and provide targeted coaching for that performance improvement but yeah variability and reducing variability to drive performance is kind of was w- is a big thing for me
1: so does that mean that you created uh standard work so everybody's doing the same thing
2: well, you know what's funny is that we, we partnered with with, uh, with with Christine and Victoria's team and Performance Consulting and, and 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 Aaron, right? At the time um, to to roll out, um, Elmos is is the term that, that we use at, at work. Um, and so my team partnered with them to do leader standard work, standard work. Uh, and so it is definitely um, it, it's definitely ingrained at, at Chase for sure. Great. Anybody yeah, else? Kind of
4: going off of what Rod said, We he said the term ELMAS, it's the lean management and operational system. Um, but that's kind of our take on lean here at Chase and a lot of the work we do. So we live and breathe standard work instructions, leader standard work, huddle boards, visual management, value stream maps. Um, but I think for me, the program really helped kind of bring all of that together and on how it works as a holistic management system. Um, But to answer your question about one specific tool, I had like a totally proud moment the other day when I actually used a sample T test in real life. Um, (laughs) I was kind of coaching a client and they conducted a pilot and you guys know how our pilots are at chase, but they were about to say like the pilot wasn't successful, the group after, um had lower results and i was looking at it like they don't seem that different it might be just you know normal process variation that is making it look lower and so i actually had him do the t test and showed that it wasn't statistically significant um and so i think just little things like that have you know really added a lot of value
1: definitely a problem
4: The <laughs> yeah. one
1: thing i go like, back to
0: <laughs> the one thing that I go back to over and over is problem statement, right? It was one of the very first things we tackled in the program, you know, just something you can come back to over and over, a really um, tangible concept that people can relate to and understand, and it, it really helps um, direct and clarify so much of what we do um, at work. Um, just really getting to the nuts and bolts of what is the problem I'm trying to solve, right? Um, so that's my uh, foundational. Um, and then the leadership side, just um, leveraging, you know, we got, we had such a great dynamic network um, within our classmates. We still have that network with our classmates as well as our, you know, former MBOE alum. But um, just really leveraging that network, and and it's great to have people to um, bounce ideas off of, and talk about you know something that we learned in the program, or revisit something that we learned. Um, so that piece as well um, has been super helpful.
1: Yeah, that is that's a great. I mean, just having all the alumni to to bounce ideas off of, or just know that you've all been through the same thing together, or basically the same thing, um, is is great. But when we for those of those of us that are for the audience that's listening, when we talk about A3, so A3 really is just uh, 11 by 17 size of paper, but what it is, it's more of a storyboard. So you're just telling your story, um, basically um, from the top left to the bottom right side. So you talk about what Aaron said, you, you have to have a problem statement. So what is the problem that you're working on? And then you have the data, and then you determine you know what tools you're using to figure out where your goal needs to be, how you've gotten there and what the outcome was. So basically a lot of people I've heard over the last couple of years get very nervous about doing an A3. They don't, it's overwhelming, they don't understand, but really I just try to tell people you're just telling your story. That's all it is. If you just look at it like you're telling your story, what you're doing, then people don't get as nervous about it and and overwhelmed. But anyway, thank you for that. So what advice would you give to somebody that's looking into the MBOE program? Victoria. Yeah, sure. So um, I would say two things.
3: Um, when it comes to effective problem solving, you know, having this structured approach um, allows you to consistently yield results and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, it was, you know, at times challenging when we'd be in the MBOE program. and you know, people are talking about manufacturing and you've got this tangible widget that's, that's rolling through the process. But when you're in you know, healthcare or financial services, it seems it's not kind of more abstract, um, but this applies in every single industry and um, it's transferable, you take it with you and there's benefits across the board. Um, I think the other thing about MBOE, the thing that I did not expect at all was coming into a program with so many high caliber leaders Um, From all different industries and the amount that I would learn from them, not just about the work that they did, but, you know, being surrounded by people who actually were interested in hearing about what problem I was trying to solve and what's going on in, you know, our, our organization um, and then asking me questions to help me think through things getting those diverse perspectives. It was it was really um, incredible for my own development and you know being able to hold on to those relationships and still pull on people to say hey can we just can we bat this around can you talk to me about it and be my sounding board um, I didn't expect the benefit that I got out of that um, and that to me was exceptionally important throughout the entire program.
1: Absolutely. Christine?
4: Um, my advice would be, you know, absolutely do it. Don't put it off her weight. Uh, there's never a good time. Uh, so definitely do it. And then also trust the process. Um, Victoria talked about like how her problem changed. And I think probably all the ex- ex- experienced times where we didn't know where we were going or what we were doing was the right thing or problem to solve. Um, and it just, like following the process, you know, really will lead you to the results you're looking for. Um, And then for me personally, just perseverance, like don't give up and keep doing it. It was incredibly difficult to change the culture, um, to, you know, make changes, drive changes. And I think just, you know, not giving up, Leaning on your tools, leaning on your leadership is all part of that kind of trust the process and you'll, you'll see the end result.
1: Nice. Linda.
5: You know, I think that just kind of really thinking about it and understanding that this program can apply to really any industry, any job. And I think as, as mentioned previously, you know, we had doctors and we had manufacturing and we had so many um, different industries um that can take these tools back and do really amazing things with them regardless of where you're at so i would say no matter you know what industry you're in it's, there's definitely things that you can learn from and, and use to improve um, but then also you know just being ready for the commitment i mean it is you know a year a year does go fast but at times it goes slow and you know depending on also you know if you're working and you know you have a family or those other things that there are going to be some sacrifices and a lot of perseverance and, and determination to kind of keep all the balls in the air, but it can absolutely be done, and you know, at the end, it's 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 amazing and very rewarding.
1: Erin, um,
0: so do the work, I guess is my um, is my advice. Um, don't uh, make sure that you're honest with yourself about your balance and you know how you're going to be balancing your family and your job and any other activities that you do, set aside time for the program and, and really, um, and really do the work, participate, uh, be engaged. Um, if you kind of go along with the program, as Christine said, and uh, Victoria said, follow the process to trust the process. Um, it's rewarding. I think the, the one, you know, lesson that some of us learned and the one piece of advice that we continue to give people is just Stay on top of your assignments. um, Stay engaged um, and and try not to um, to put things off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Don't put things off. Rod.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking to get into this program, uh, I would say that the technical expertise that you're going to learn is 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 really is top notch. You can come out of here. With a green belt, you could come out of the program with a black belt if that's something that you want to get done uh in in lean six sigma uh the leadership training that you also get a part of this because not only are you do you need to learn the the technical expertise but you got it you got to bring it to your your people right and the only way that you're going to do that is having the you know the the confidence uh and the influencing ability um to to do that and and the program really does a a really good job at providing you um with models and examples and training uh, on how to how to provide that uh, to your teams um you know at a broad scale Um, i think uh, someone else mentioned it but the opportunity to meet people across all the different industries because it really a process is a process regardless of where you're at and you're trying to problem solve against a process and just hearing the perspectives of really some of the best, you know, you know, leaders in, in healthcare, in manufacturing, in IT, in banking, right. It just, it broadens your perspective of how you can solve problems, right. And, and, and opens your mind to, um, yeah you know, think outside of the box and, and how to and how to deliver solutions uh, uh, in 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 your in in your location and um, and I think the program in general is just very supportive. like for me, when I went through it, um, I had a baby, well, not me, but my wife had a baby. we had our first son and uh, and we had to figure out the balancing act and and, but the program is very supportive, and so I think if you're if you're committed to it, if it's something that you really want to get done, you want to get this expertise, you want to add this, um, you know, as a foundational piece to to your your um, your resume and, and just your leadership um, skill, you can get it done, uh, and you can get it done within a year, and you're you're going to be better off for it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I, one thing I say to people when when they ask me about I say, you know, it's it's a tough year. It really is. It's a busy year. It's a tough year. There's a lot that you have to do. You have work commitments and family commitments and school commitments, but it can be done. Like you say, if you persevere, you stay on top of your your homework and the things that you need to do. And one thing that's really good about the MBOE program is if you're having a problem, all you have to do is reach out. There's so many people that are available to help you through anything, right? So, I mean, just you just don't be shy you just have to say okay listen i'm i'm struggling right now what can i what can i do right and and so many people help you so thank you so much so to be cognizant of time we do have a couple questions um from the audience that alex will um address
6: yeah, so this uh, this first question here, um, this is about ROI for your employers. So again, in the interest of time, um, maybe just uh, one person uh, could answer this. Um, so this person asks about um, ROI for uh, for their employers um, because this person is saying, okay, so the company is going to you know sponsor the student, you know maybe financially, you know giving them the t- the time to do the program. So could one of you talk about um, the ROI that that you know, your employer or or your team has, has experienced uh, putting you through the program.
5: I mean, I think for many of our, our, our projects, I'll maybe speak for the group here. I mean, there was a a financial return on, you know, like in my case, it was the cost of complaint and and therefore the financial, you know, savings from being able to do more things um, and less time with less people. Um, But then I think there's also, you know, and there's kind of things of that scattered um, across all of us. But then I think there's also kind of the leadership component of building a team of problem solvers and a culture that is going to carry on and carry forward beyond just yourself. um, In addition to, you know, customer experience improvements, like there's so many, you know, I would say tangible things that could be measured out of this that I would say are absolutely you know, positive return on investments for the company. You know, not limited to financial only.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll I just piggyback off of that real quick. I think when we were discussing our capstones, I think all of the the, the monetary tangible returns um, were more than than the the cost of the tuition. Um, but there are just intangibles that will continue to be developed and grown in, in the organization. You know, for years to come from from the program. Absolutely.
6: Yeah. No, thank you. And then uh, another question here, it looks like we have time for for just one more. Um, So this person is is asking about ROI, maybe more a little bit on a personal level. So this question is, um, so when a student or graduate goes to apply for new slash better slash higher level positions, do you feel as though the MBOE gives you an advantage against other applicants? Or is it more that you would have been qualified for those new or better, or higher, le- higher level positions, it just makes you perform your tasks um, or, uh, or your tasks or your duties better? Does that help? Does that Or does that make sense?
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a, sorry, go
6: ahead. Uh, go ahead, Linda, sorry.
5: No, I was just going to say really quick, I, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, I think definitely you are learning tools and things and leadership and, and, you know, actual tactical tools that just really help you think about things and, you know, make improvements. But then I'll also say like from our perspective, you know, from Morgan Chase, like, you know, as Lori mentioned, there's a lot of betting that goes in, into this program, uh, you know, from a sponsorship. So, the folks that are, are going into this program, it's really making sure that these are, you know, leaders within the organization that we want to invest in, um, that we feel like are, you know, in those roles are going to move into those roles. So I, w- I would say kind of a combination. But I think as you come out of the program, like I came out of the program uh, into a new job like a month later, right? Um, because it, it's kind of, you know, folks see the tools and they see the things that you're learning from it. And they really want to kind of spread that in other places in the organization.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like I, I came out of the program and probably within a month or two was in a much more expanded role. And I think it that that definitely has um it's due to you know, what the the organization saw in 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 the ability to influence a large amount of people to uh, to instill change. And so I think um you know you're you're getting the technical expertise, but Really, the leader, the leadership is there too, um, and, and your ability to to drive change in an organization. I think you know, anywhere you go, your ability to drive change in an organization is going to be important to get you to the next level.
1: Yeah, absolutely, thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for um, being with us today, and thank all our panelists from J.P. Morgan Chase. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: For more information on the Master of Business Operational Excellence program please visit fisher.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.